Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you're having a fabulous week enjoying the sunshine. It was my birthday on Saturday. And if you've listened to the first episode of the podcast, you know just how much I love my birthday. And I like to make as big a fuss as I can. And I was very lucky because my mum crept in in the morning and she put lots of balloons up that her and my friends had got for me. And then a few friends and I, we went to London for the day. We hung out, we ate lots of food. We went to a couple of bars. We went to a gorgeous rooftop bar in the city with amazing views. And honestly, I just had the best time. I'm still slightly recovering, still a little bit sleepy, but I suppose that's what happens when you get past 30, isn't it? <laughs> now, this week's episode, if I'm being completely honest, is the hardest I have done and might well be the hardest I ever do because it's talking about my dad. And my dad passed away when I was seven and my brother was almost six. Now, you hopefully, you can tell from previous episodes that I'm an open book. I'll chat about a little bit of anything and everything is what this podcast is called. It's the tagline. But my dad is the one thing I, I'm very private over because it took me a really long time to come to terms with the fact that I had lost my dad as a child. But I thought 2020 has been the year of a lot of change, a lot of growth, and it might be a good time to have this conversation. And I thought, who better to have this conversation with than my brother? And I'm very grateful. He was more than happy to come on and chat with me. He shared some fascinating and really moving insights into how how he dealt with the situation and how he sees it as an adult compared to when he went through it as a young child. John Freeman is, he's worked in the film industry for a long time now. He's done a bit of writing, a bit of directing. He's worked on music videos. We've actually worked together on a few projects as well. So we are very close and I'm very grateful to John for coming on and talking about such an intimate subject with me. And as you'll discover, we haven't had a conversation like this before. So it was very new to both of us as well. So without chatting away any more on here, let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. This episode is a little bit more personal this week for Be Bougie, Be True, Be You because the guest is my brother, John. Now, our dad passed away when I was seven and John was five, and if I've got this correct, I think it was just a few days before my brother's sixth birthday when our dad actually passed away. Now, I don't know about John, but for me, I've noticed that grief is a very different thing when you're a child compared to going through it as an adult. So I thought today it'd be really interesting to have a chat with him about our own experiences of grief and how we found the experience growing up. So before I get started, let's say hello to John. Hi, John. Hi, thanks for having me on. No worries. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Can't complain. Nice weather. Yeah, not too bad today, actually. Been outside for a little bit. So obviously, I actually feel like me and you generally, we're quite open with each other. We we can chat about all sorts of things. And we do talk about our dad, but not often, would you say? I was going to say, yeah, actually, when you asked me 
to uh, to do this, I realised we've never really had this kind of conversation about dad before. No. He comes up in conversation a lot with us, but... It's quite surface, quite generic. We don't go in yes. depth about how we handled it or how we felt about anything, would you say? Yeah, I think, yeah, we kind of, we talk about, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. It's like you said, I think it's quite a generic conversation. It's normally in passing conversation. It's not something we really kind of stay focused on for a specific topic of a conversation. It's more kind of a subtopic. So with that being said, I think we should start from the beginning. What do you remember of the day that we found out that our dad had died? And what do you remember in the days that followed that? So it's all for me. I don't know um, for you, how it is for you, but for me, everything it's very blurry. But I have a I have a memory of our old house and going. And again, I don't know how accurate this memory is, but of going into the living room and I remember Mum being in there and our nan being in there and i just remember everyone being very quiet instantly you remember remember thinking that something was wrong but obviously because you're a child you don't really understand what's going on and i don't know who but i remember someone trying to tell me that dad had passed away and i remember being very upset and not knowing how to handle it and i think trying to remember it growing up i there are random thoughts that come to my head and it's hard to know if they're kind of accurate memories or if it's how I think I remember it happening. I think as soon as they told me, I really struggled to stay in the room and I think I ended up actually running up to my room and kind of just shutting the door and just crying and I, God knows how for how long. And then I also have another weird memory attached to it. Of I don't know if you remember this, but the, uh, the vicar of the local church came around and uh, he was very helpful and he was always trying to kind of make sure we were okay. And he had a book, and the book was basically a children's story to help teach children about grief and the passing of loved ones. And there, it was a badger, and it was like an old man badger, and he, he had like his own badger hole. And I can't remember how the story went, but I just remember very clearly this book about this badger passing away and his impact he had had on the other kind of woodland animals. And I don't know why that always stands out to me as a memory from around that time. See, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I have such a different memory. But actually, I think I have a good memory overall. But a lot of things to do with dad, I've only discovered over the last few years just how much I actually blocked out. I kind of did the opposite. I shut down. So I remember sitting on the sofa and I remember mum sitting there and saying, and I feel like, again, you don't know if it's correct, but in my head, I remember her saying, that daddy's gone to heaven now and I feel like I just went okay and I don't remember crying and I don't remember doing anything I feel like I just completely shut down to the whole thing I don't remember who else was in the room and I don't remember anything about the book that you just said so hearing that was all brand new information for me I do remember that cousins on our dad's side took us out and I feel like we went to a fast food restaurant and then back to someone's house for a little bit as a distraction to sort of basically keep us out of the way from the adults for a little bit when it had all just happened. But honestly, that is my whole recollection of, I would say, probably that whole time. Yeah, I think I think it's so long ago now. It's been uh, ooh, over 20 years. Yeah, I think I think um, twenty two, but twenty two or twenty three years. I think it's one of those things that it does it does stay with you. Like I I think about that every day, and not necessarily in a sad way, but I'd say in different in kind of a variety of ways. Like if I'm doing things, I always wonder if like if he would be proud of what I'm doing, or 
if he's happy with how I've turned out. I don't know if those are the kind of thoughts you'd have as well. Or Sometimes, but again, I think, I know mum's always said to me that for years, I just acted as if dad never existed. So I didn't, I couldn't talk about him. I couldn't bring him up. And if somebody else brought him up, I would subtly change the subject. So I find it really, really hard to even think about because I think in my head as a child, I kind of acted as if he disappeared rather than he died. And that sort of leads me on to my next question of, do you feel when you were told you really understood what had happened? No, I don't think I fully understood. I knew it was something awful. I think on some level I knew that it meant I was never going to see him again, but I don't think I fully understood what that entailed. And I think because as you're when you're a child, you don't you have a very kind of a very short term view, so to speak. Kind of you kind of more living day to day than thinking long term. Um, you're not really planning your kind of your whole life when you're five years old. So I don't think it really dawned on me that just if you think about it, obviously we only had our dad around for a very little amount of time for our overall life. So. I don't think I thought of it in that way. And I think as you as you get older, it starts to sink in. I think one phrase I've always heard that helps me is, I don't think you ever get over it. I think it's something you learn to live with. Yeah, I agree and with that. Everyone has different ways of living with it and they have different ways of coping day to day with what they've lost. Yeah, I think that, to be honest, the fact where I said he disappeared, I think that was something that stuck with me, even as an adult in my early 20s, I would talk about, you know, if someone asked, I'd say, oh no, my dad passed away when I was young. But I've just never allowed myself to think about it. So I even think that that subconscious part of my brain never properly allowed me to actually grieve. It kind of just shut down. It just shut down as if he never existed in the first place. And it was easier to deal with that way. I just, it was easier to think that than to think that what had really happened on some level. Yeah, and I think that is that is a a coping mechanism, and also it's a very um it's a very kind of childlike thought as well, not in a negative way, but um is a child's way of using words like disappeared. Yeah. As a child, I think that's actually a very natural response because, as you say, if you can't, if you as a child you don't have the resources mentally that you do as an, the same resources you'd mentally have as an adult, so you have to work out other ways of of coping as another coping mechanism so i think in a way that that is almost like a young-minded response which i think that is because like i said i don't entirely remember how i used to view it as a kid apart from that dad wasn't around and i um i remember finding other things hard like seeing other children with their dads i used that used to upset me when i was younger especially if they were like playing games having a really fun time because it used to feel like something i couldn't do yeah See, I feel like you and me must have handled it in complete, basically just complete opposites because I think I was so shut down. I remember not reacting to, like you say, seeing friends with their dads or talking about their dads. It didn't seem to bother me, but I think I was just so numb and closed down to the idea. It was almost that I just didn't know what it was like to have a dad anymore. So I couldn't be jealous because I didn't quite understand I think that was kind of my logic. I think, yeah, we were quite different. And so I think for me, it was, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but it almost felt like there was a part of me missing. And I don't know about you, but I feel like, for example, I feel like I've become very close to mum. Yes. Uh, growing up, I feel like that's because where we, I think the three of us did become very close and protective of each other after we lost dad. The dynamic um, changed. Yes. Yeah. And I think that we all, yeah, like so I think everybody's kind of, frame of mind and everyone else's views and uh, perspective 
changed as well and it it does make you appreciate what you have more i think when you've had such a hard loss it makes you very aware of what you have and what's important yes yeah and that, like now i think we're in a very good position where i know that i for example if there's anything that's upsetting me or if there's anything that's on my mind or troubling me i can call you or mum and i can have a very open conversation i think that's one thing as well and i i do think it is connected to growing up without a dad is that i even as a teenager i've always felt like i can be very open with you know you get a lot of kids who don't feel like they can talk to their parents about certain topics i feel like that was never an issue for me i i did genuinely feel like i could go to my mum for advice on any topic no i agree i do the same and even now sometimes when i'm talking with my friends they're like you tell your mum that it's like well yeah but i think it's because if we were to compare so if i think about some of my friends at school they quite often especially if their parents were together they knew that they had one parent that was good for some things and one parent that would be good for others so if they needed someone to talk to maybe the dad was better than the mum, so they'd go and have a chat with the dad but if they knew there was maybe something they wanted to get their own way on they would go to their mum instead or just like as an example. And I think because we never had that option for us, mum became our go-to for everything because we didn't know if one was slightly better at dealing with one thing or the other because like you said, I think that's what creates that stronger bond because you know us three became like a, a closer unit. Exactly, I think you're right, yeah. I think in a way mum had to take on both roles of both parents, which is an incredibly, I can't even imagine how, how difficult that must be. But I think, mum did a fantastic job of really stepping up and doing everything in her power to fill that void that had been kind of basically keep our life as similar as it would have been had dad still been around yeah i think mum did a very good and like looking back i think that's something as a kid you don't realize but as an adult you do and when you look back i can really see how much effort mum put into making sure our lives remained as normal as possible and as healthy as possible Yes, I think we took that for granted, which shows just how good a job she did because we didn't notice because we just were so happy to carry on as we were, more or less. We didn't, I, I think like you say, you do feel a loss, but it, we didn't feel like there was a void as such because we just became so close and didn't take each other for granted. You talking about feeling, I know like you said jealous wasn't the right word, but maybe a little bit jealous of seeing your friends playing with their dads. Do you feel... Because obviously I know that growing up, I still had a female role model because mum was still there. But as a guy, do you feel that not having a male role model immediately in your life to look up to had any sort of impact? Uh, I think it did. Yeah, there are certain things like how we were talking about mum having to kind of be both parents. There were certain things that obviously mum wouldn't be able to do that dad could. Like, for example, the main stereotype one that people would hear about is obviously learning to shave. Oh, yeah. There are kind of coming of age kind of things like that where i do feel like it is quite like you said there's no one to kind of base your actions off of or base those things and i remember growing up sports was quite tough because um <laughs> no offense your mum weren't particularly um type. <laughs> i don't know and uh, well horse riding to be fair <laughs> and uh, and i think because i remember mum used to tell me how athletic and prior to sound things dad was a very naturally talented sportsman yeah and I've never felt naturally talented at sports. I feel like if I've ever got good at a sport, it's because I've had to really stick at it and work at it. And whereas at school, like when I remember rugby was a very big deal when I went to start secondary school and a lot of the kids would go home and play with their dads and their dads would teach them. I remember not having that as an option. It would either be, I would hope I could meet up with my friends at the weekend or I'd have to kind of try and teach myself. And obviously this was before the time of YouTube and like video tutorials. 
everything online and I used to find that quite tough but at the same time I, it's also I think it's given me a greater appreciation now so when I'm starting something new like a new sport now I actually enjoy the chat it's a different attitude I think to how I had as a teenager as a teenager I used to really miss not having dad there to teach me how to play and especially when I hear stories of my other friends and their dads teaching them it makes you feel like there's something you've missed but at the same time it's taught me a new skill i guess of kind of or it's, t it's kind of taught me self perseverance and if i that i it's shown me that i am still capable of doing it on my own yeah and you've created that sort of inner strength yeah it's sadly you don't have the same experience of learning those kind of things like learning to shave or playing sports or any other like for example one thing that I, when i think about the future that crosses my mind is i didn't have a dad growing up will i know how to be a dad in the future like because obviously I, I think a lot of my parenting will be based off of mum yeah um and i mean i think mum did a very good job of raising us so for me that's not a problem but there is a part of me that worries is there something i'm missing in the male aspect like yes. yeah worry is not really the right word it's more of a kind of just a uh thought yeah i have from time to time i think that that's very valid and again these are things having this conversation it's i'm finding it so fascinating because I've never heard you say that before and I've never thought about it before. For me, I think it's had a slight impact on relationships. Just I noticed that, especially in my teens, if I went through a breakup, I used to get quite panicky about it and quite, I don't know, it just felt very, very dramatic. And I do understand that as a teenager that that happens anyway. But when I went to counselling in my early 20s, I realised that where in my head I'd sort of told myself for years, I've dealt with I've dealt with it, I'm fine. You know, I didn't even get that upset about it. I obviously handled it okay. I must be fine about it. But it started to play out in other areas of my life. So that being one of them where I, the thought of losing somebody suddenly would become really unbearable and I'd really, really panic about it. Would you say that there has been any situations or experiences you've been through where you maybe have behaved out of character and maybe at the time or maybe it's not been until a while later you've realised that maybe it was a response like a trigger because of dad passing away when we were young. I don't think I have an experience specifically that comes to mind but I know so the more I've learned about myself over the last few years and the more I've I've kind of realised I, I don't think I realised growing up how much dad's death affected me. I, I think it's similar to what you said of you kind of you feel like you deal with it at the time i think you tell yourself you've dealt with it at the time and that you're you're almost in the moving on phase like every other step after that is the moving on phase and that it, it's kind of it's been dealt with yeah but that's not how it works and i think um fear of loss that you're talking about i think that is a very apt thing that i think will will stick with people um who have lost someone at a young age because when you are a child you don't have those resources to deal with it so you it's almost like a trigger if you think someone's leaving you kind of get that thing in your head of oh my god uh, i'm about to lose someone else i really care about i haven't really noticed that but a very good friend of mine passed away when i was 18 and i think it almost felt like a double kind of a double hit as well as losing my friend and grieving about my friend at the time it did it, it felt like all these memories of dad came flooding back as well and it was just that pain of losing someone again and it just kind of felt like that old wound had been ripped open and it was really hard to to deal with because you're kind of you're trying to process and deal with the grief of losing someone else close to you and at the same time that loss is just triggering oh kind of past traumas of losing people and i think that's something that's going to continue to happen i think is whenever someone else uh, we're close to would pass i think it's going to the nat 
it is going to remind us of what we've already lost. I think that's very common for most people. Yeah, it is. But do you think that if we were, say we were fortunate enough where we didn't lose a family member. Now, I know a lot of people do lose family members as children. But do you think the difference in losing a parent as a child to an adult has heightened that? Whereas, say, if dad had passed away when, even if we were in our early 20s, do you think it would still create that same effect, that that trigger, that fear of loss? I think it has the potential to. I think everybody's different and different people handle those those respond, those kind of those triggers differently as well. But I think because when you are a child, you're, the, I think the best way to describe it is it's almost like it's hardwired if it happens when you're a child. Whereas when you're an adult, you already have these patterns in your brain hardwired. So you, you kind of already have a way of dealing with things and coping with things already that you've grown up with. So if it happens to you at a very young age, it's teaching you that loss very early and because you don't necessarily have the patterns already there to cope with it and to want and to fully understand what's happened it is more i think it is more likely to take you down a path of being scared of losing people because i think obviously everybody i think everybody is scared of losing people like if you if you really stop and think about the thought of losing someone it's terrifying when you've not had to go through a death i think you can be a little bit like we do with ourselves, you know, when we can take our own lives for granted and feel like almost we'll live forever. Like it's, we're in such a safe bubble. And I think you can distract yourself quickly. So if you start to think about it, you can be like, oh, but it won't happen or it won't be for years yet. And, you know, deflect and think about something else. Yeah, there, there's definitely, I think it, it does make you more, I think it makes you more aware because a lot of what we learn as a child is how we perceive things as an adult as well. You carry a lot of that around with you, I think. For dad's death, it was quite hard because the doctor was telling us all that he was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So I think that there was a, a shock element to it, which also creates kind of a trust issue because... As a child, what, it's you look at your doctors to fix you and make you better type of thing. Yeah, you trust them. They're in a position of responsibility. And obviously, you, you still trust them growing up now. Like if I go to the doctors now and they tell me, oh, this is what's wrong or this is that, then I'll be like, yeah, fine, I, I believe it. I don't question it. But I think when you're told that as a child, obviously you trust it, that it, that everything is going to be okay. And then I, as you get older, you realize that life can be unpredictable. And just because it can, they, someone is meant to be okay, doesn't mean they will be. But as a child... It's a lot more black and white. Yes, yeah. Because I do remember, I, I'm sure it was the doctor who said that dad was going to be okay. And obviously, like that, that's probably their bedside manner for dealing with us. Yeah. See, again, I've got no, my brain has, the only thing that I notice I can have an overreaction to, which I think is definitely linked to it, is obviously, so dad passed away from a, quite a rare illness. And if I've got it correct, I think it's called alpha one antitrypsin. And he didn't smoke a lot, but when he was younger, he smoked briefly, which is what triggered the effect it's all to do with an enzyme in the blood. And basically, our dad was waiting for a lung transplant. And for me, at school, when we got to the age of about 13 or 14, and I had a friend that wanted to start, how's the best way to describe it? Trying cigarettes and smoking because you think it's cool or just, just for the experience, I would have a really strong reaction to it that would sort of come out the blue. I'd get very angry at her and be like, what do you think you're doing? you know and then I thought as a kid I kind of understood that as I got older and said that was that reaction and then in my early 20s a boyfriend that I was with we were actually at a family party and he was having a cigar outside with his dad just I think they were celebrating something and I'd had a few drinks but I was just I was just a little bit tipsy and as I walked down the stairs someone opened the front door and I could see them outside smoking and I do not know what came over me but I went completely 
crazy. I got so angry. I was like, how can you be so stupid? How can you do something like that? Like, do you know what you're doing? And it was such an overreaction. And I honestly don't know. It was like something just completely took over me for a good hour. And I think for the rest of the evening, I felt really upset by it. I mean, obviously, I apologised because I was being out of order. But it's a behaviour that I, the only thing I can put it down to is as much as I've told myself, I'm fine. I'm not worried about it. That is the thing that is responsible for my dad not being here. I think in my child brain, maybe not in my adult brain, because obviously there were complications and other things happened. But my child brain understands that dad smoked. And also after he passed away, we were told that we were potential carriers of the illness. And again, this is all from a child brain. So this might not be accurate. Um, So we had to do our best to avoid cigarettes as well don't be in the same room if someone starts smoking leave the room because you just don't know what impact it will have on your health and so for that I think that has caused a huge trigger that I wasn't necessarily aware of um yeah now you mention it I remember I don't think I ever got angry but whenever my friends like when you're teenagers you go to parties friends would try smoking and at first I used to be like oh you really shouldn't do that and I think one thing that's good is that I never had the appeal of smoking and I think it's because we were told from such a young age about how dangerous it was to us so that when it got to that stage where everyone else is trying smoking I wouldn't necessarily say I was scared of it but I I'd completely lost any desire to to try it and when a few of my friends did kind of start trying it to see if they would like it or not I was like yeah guys it's a bit that is a bit stupid what are you doing kind of like you don't do you really need to do it I did, um, I did actually, um, uh, I, it got to a stage as well when I was older where I was like, I wonder how serious it actually is if we smoke. Because I was like, I always remember being told when we were younger we couldn't. But then I was at the doctor's and uh, they were asking some questions. And one question they asked was, do you smoke? And uh, this doctor had obviously known us from a very young age. And before I could even answer, she was like, because you of all people really cannot smoke. And I think, I mean, I've never even touched a cigarette in my life. But that was, I was like, okay, no, this, I think, this is genuinely very serious then like I've literally I can't even like be around it and uh, I didn't expect them to say it that seriously so I think when I was younger I, I don't know if I was scared of them but I was very anti them and then as I grew up I, I think I got used to it like you said you kind of just accept that it's it, people are going to do it over the last few years I was like I wonder how serious it actually is if Charlotte or I did smoke like is it actually a big deal and again I never did it but when the doctor said that, it was a real wake-up call to, okay, no, this is this is a big deal. This is serious. I can, I can never touch one. Yeah. Well, going back to what you said, actually, I've just been thinking about the comment you made about being a father and will you, will, almost like will you feel like you know how to do it because you didn't have a father really for a lot of your, a lot of your life. How do you think it has affected your adult life as a whole, losing your dad when you were young i think it has it, it definitely does have its um it has had its impacts I, i'm not 100 percent clear on what those impacts always all are for example but but do you feel that maybe even each year you learn something new about it i think so yeah and i think i think there are certain moments that happen where um it, it does also make you realize that you've still had those good influences growing up and you and also i think in a way also there are moments where because obviously because we didn't get to spend a lot of time with dad you don't know entirely what he was like we're, we're kind of basing our perception of dad off other people's stories and kind of our imagine our thoughts of what his personality are like are based off of what other people have told us really i mean i do have memories of dad 
um, they do add up to a lot. They do match with a lot of people's stories. Like I remember he was trying to teach me to play golf when I was, I must've been about four and he bought me this toy. Him, um, him and mum got me this toy golf club set, you know, like the plastic golf clubs with the really like light plastic balls. And um, he was trying to teach me how to play golf. And I remember him trying to explain to me that it wasn't about, it wasn't just a game of how far you can hit it. It was all about trying to get to the hole in the least amount of shots. But when I was four years old, all I cared about was seeing how far I could hit the ball. And I would, even when the <laughs> hole was very clearly to the left, for example, if there was more space on the right, I would aim right just to try and get it further. <laughs> and I can obviously remember because dad, from what we like, again, from what we know about dad, he was a very keen golfer. He used to go out golfing a lot. I also remember we had some family friends around who were a similar age to us. And mum had asked us to go and find dad. And uh, I, I couldn't find him anywhere. And I went into the um, into the ensuite bathroom and he'd obviously heard me coming and he hid in the shower and I couldn't find him anywhere. And as I walked into the bathroom to find him, he jumped out to me <laughs> and just scared the crap out of me. I, I remember screaming and running away and then him chasing after me to make sure I was OK. Um, and then it's kind of you hear things like this from other people and then you, you end up doing things yourself around people that knew dad. And they'll start saying, oh, you're just like your dad and stuff like that. And it, it's a really, it's kind of a real mix of emotions that you get when you hear those things, because it makes you really happy to hear that even though dad wasn't around, I still carry, I obviously carry similar personality traits to him. And at the same time, though, it's also really hard because you're thinking, I wish I got to see that for myself, or I wish I got to, I wish I got to kind of embrace that from him myself instead of just hearing it from someone else. Um, and I wish I got to kind of live those moments with him instead of just hearing about them in stories. Yeah. But I think there have been certain moments, doing, I hope you don't mind me bringing it up, but doing the um, father's speech for you, that was a really big deal for me. And I remember it didn't hit me about how much of a big deal it was until the night before. And then I suddenly realized the amount of pressure on me of, I'm not just writing this for my for my sister and for me and for mum i'm writing this for dad as well like this is representing dad this is a big deal and it, it it suddenly became very daunting and i don't i don't think i'm a particularly shy person but suddenly hearing that there were a hundred pe over a hundred people in the room when i had to give this speech it really it it suddenly became the pressure just mounted ridiculously quickly it, it wasn't until afterwards, though, when people from dad's side of the family or from mum's side of the family came over to me and they were telling me how proud dad would be of me. Uh, I remember someone saying that I was just like dad. And it just, in a in a good way, it just really, it, it kind of, it felt like a sucker punch, but like a, a positive one, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Because I think that's why, that's something that to me would always, a really important thing to hear was that dad would be proud of me and it, even though it wasn't dad saying it himself, it was the next best thing. It's kind of the closest I'm ever going to get to hearing that. Well, you should feel really proud because that was a speech. It was a brilliant speech and I was really grateful to you and really proud of you. And I know that a lot of my friends even were saying how much it choked them up hearing it because it felt very from the heart. Oh, well, thank you. And again, it was really lovely that you asked me. I, I was really proud that you asked me, if that makes sense, in terms of I was really happy that you would think that highly to ask me to do it because it's a, it's obviously it's a very big position <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, to me. So it was, yeah, it was lovely when you asked. And again, I think stuff like that has helped, like you and I become closer as well. Yes. Like those mo- moments like that. And I think obviously that it's something that you and I can bond over as well, because even though I think what we can kind of gather from what we've been saying today, that you and I have had very different thoughts about everything and de- dealt with it in very different ways. It's still something that we've both experienced together. Yes, so it creates a, a bond and it's like a very bittersweet bond because it's a situation that if you could change, of course, you'd have dad back in a second. But the positives from it is that it's created that bond with you and me, with mum and us and and also individually with you and mum and, and mum and I as well. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And I think it's there are certain things you can take away from it. Like I like to think anyway that I'm more aware of other people's I think I'm more appreciative of other people's hardships. It's it's always taught me to be very, very aware of what other people are going through. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but at school, I I was bullied about dad dying by um, when I was at junior school. And looking back on it, they probably didn't fully understand how hurtful the comments they were making were. I I think experiencing things like that as well, because it's all connected to the loss, it does make you realize that if someone is acting differently or if someone is going through something that's hard, it might not seem hard to other people, but you've got to be aware that if it's difficult to them, you have to like, that's something to appreciate and respect. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think that it gives you, it almost, this sounds a bit arrogant and I don't want to say it, but the phrase that came to mind was wise beyond our years. I think that we've lost, because we didn't just lose dad, we also lost a few other close family members within the space of a few years um just happened unfortunately to be that way um and i think that we are so appreciative of what's important and it's people and i think we put people as such a high priority in our life over maybe the more material or financial side of life because we just know at the end of the day if you lose a job or if you lose a person there's no comparison but we've really felt it you know yeah no, I completely agree. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's made us very aware of what is important. And it makes you kind of, I think, cherish those moments with people more. Yes. I think when you have a special moment with someone, I don't know about you, but I, it's something that I really do cherish. Oh, yeah. Um, even if it's just like a, a, a moment with a friend where you both kind of been, whether it's you're both being more open about going through a hard time or something. And it's just, you really appreciate that connection. You're building with someone more and you try not to take it for granted because you realise how fragile life is and how delicate life is and we I feel like not quite the same I was never bullied that I remember but like I said I have blocked out a lot I was never bullied directly about dad passing away but I do remember being in year 11 so I would have been 15 and we were trying to plan our school muck-up day for the end of GCSEs and no one would be quiet in the classroom it was really really loud and two girls and I think a teacher walked in And you could tell they'd been crying and something awful had obviously happened. And unfortunately, one of the girls in our year's dad had passed away and she had to to leave. And obviously they told the whole room and we all just went completely silent. No one from everyone not being quiet literally 30 seconds before, no one knew what to do or say. And out of nowhere, again, through no, it's very subconscious, I suddenly burst into tears and I got really upset. And then I felt really embarrassed because obviously at that moment in time, it was about the poor girl in my year who's just lost her dad. But it triggered, again, triggered something with me where I thought, I'm fine. I didn't cry about it. I'm okay. And it obviously just gave me a flashback. And I remember one of the girls 
in my ear. She didn't mean it, but it was quite harsh. I heard her say, oh, well, why is Charlotte crying? She didn't know the girl. You know, she's not friends with her. And she just didn't understand. But I spoke to her a little bit later on and someone had mentioned to her that our dad had passed and she did apologise. And I generally wasn't cross with her because I feel like when it happens, you expect people to not understand and you're okay if they've not been through it themselves sometimes, depending what they do, obviously. But sometimes if it's a bit of an insensitive comment or just a bit of a thoughtless thing to say. I I think as well, when you're younger, the norm is to have both parents. I, I know sometimes obviously that can be different in terms of divorce and everything like that, but both parents normally are still alive. So kids will talk about what their parents do and they will ask you about what your parents do and they'll they will make comments about parents without thinking because it's not, I mean, it's not, sadly, in this day and age, it's not uncommon for someone to lose a parent, but it's still, for most people, it's, it's not what they have to experience at a young age. Mm-hmm. So I think that kids will make comments without thinking. I remember that happened at school to me once. Someone said, made a joke and I remember saying, please stop. And two people in the room knew why I was asking him to stop. And they were both like, yeah, seriously, stop. And the guy didn't get it. And he made the joke again. And I, I just got up and left. And then I heard, as I was leaving the room, I heard someone go to him. Yeah, his dad died. You really don't, shouldn't be saying stuff like that. And then the guy came running out the room after me and he apologized. And he was like, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. And I, I knew he didn't mean anything bad by it. He was, it was obviously like, he was, it was at school, people make jokes, they think they're being funny, they think they're being cool, and, but obviously it's still, and I think looking back on it now, like, I didn't get angry back at him or anything, I just kind of, I, I remember just kind of leaving, but he did apologise, and I think that's the thing, I think people, once they're aware of it, they, they're very cautious what they say, but obviously when you're not aware of it, it's very easy to accidentally say something that can cause upset. Yeah, I do agree, and I think that as the older you get, the more the more the conversation doesn't feel as taboo, I should say. It's always that thing that people don't quite know what to say. Do you think more could be done in schools to help children and teenagers understand grief in general? Uh, I mean, that's a tricky thing because I I do, but I also feel like schools are, are becoming so much more now than just a school for kids. Like teachers are having to become almost like, this is like my opinion, but I do feel like teachers are almost stepping up into a role of almost like parents, psychologists and everything for these kids so i yeah i do think there's more that can be done but i also think people can just i don't know i think at the end of the day like we're we're all on this planet together and we should all just be a bit more considerate of as as kids i think it's very difficult to say that because kids will and i'm i mean i still do this as an adult will speak without thinking and will say something without thinking that can cause upset but i think as adults i think if people just stop before they say something and kind of think about the implications of what they're saying it can help and i do think that it's also up to up to parents to educate children i think because realistically if when when we were at school and obviously the other kids would have been told something bad had happened to our dad i do feel like the parents can be in a position to really make a difference there and and to kind of obviously it's hard to talk to especially young children about the concept of death but i do feel like parents can help as well like by maybe just teaching them their kids that whoever's experiencing that in the class is going through something incredibly difficult and that they're just going to need time and and they're going to need a friend i think that's the most important thing that kids can do is just be a friend to people going through that and i think if parents can just say to the to their kids if they hear this has happened to someone in their class of just be their friend just check in on them see how they're doing if you're going out to play 
going outside to play some sports, if you're going home to play on your PlayStation, your Xbox, drop them a message, see if they want to play as well. And just, you know what I mean, just kind of help with the healing process. And I'm not saying they're obligated to do that, but I think that will make that can make the world of difference. Just showing that kindness to someone in that situation can make the world a difference. I agree. Well, thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing all of that with me. And I've actually really, even though it's difficult, and I have to say, I... Uh, this is the one subject I do struggle to talk about. So I've really enjoyed chatting with you about this and learning your side of it. And just, I feel like it's actually bringing us closer together by learning our own experiences on this. Yeah, no, it's been, it's actually been, again, it's one of those odd ones where it's, it's saying it's really nice to talk about something this hard to talk about. But yeah, I feel like it, like you say, strengthen that connection. And it's and it's quite therapeutic. A, yes, yeah. And I feel like it's also given me a better understanding of how you perceive things and how you experience things. Yes. Well, I definitely found growing up, I found it very hard to show emotion after it as well. So you and mum are both very affectionate and would tell each other that you loved each other. You'd cuddle lots. I couldn't do any of that. And actually, you now saying that, I remember we got to a certain age... I think I would have been late teens and you thought or you went through a phase where you thought that I didn't like you very much because really all I would do is nag you or tell you off for something for being messy or for not doing it and I remember I really did get into a a phase where I just couldn't I couldn't communicate with your mum it was like I was so scared to get close to either of you because in case something happened my way of protecting myself was to be a little bit cold or a little bit snappy so like I couldn't offer mum a cup of tea because it was like a nice gesture. I really struggled with it. To this day, I still struggle to tell you or her I love you. I remember actually writing on your thank you cards for the day where you gave the speech and everything. Like I wrote I love you in that for the first time and I put in brackets, but you were never allowed to mention this again. <laughs> I remember that. I actually got that card in my, in my drawer still. <laughs> so for me, what I've had to learn as an adult is really to overcome that fear of getting attached to people because I go from one extreme in relationships where if I think a relationship is breaking down I can get very panicky but with you and mum because I know our relationship will never be broken you will always be there it almost scares me more so I really when I did go back to counselling in my early 20s I had to make myself work on being more relaxed being able to just have general conversations with you and mum and not be so afraid of of creating even stronger bonds because it was okay like life is life death is death but I think I built up such a fear around death that I really did notice but it didn't come out and like I say so if I was seven I think it, I would have been around 17 18 and it may have even happened on and off in my early 20s as well I I definitely feel like as you and I have got older we have become closer and I and I feel like in terms of conversations, like you were saying, struggling to have a, I, I guess like an, an informal conversation, just a general chit chat. Yeah, to be fair, even though we were really close and you and I have always been very protective of each other, I feel like we've it's become a lot more natural. You know, I mean, it isn't like the barriers and those um, those barriers have been dropped, so to speak, because it almost feels like if you're scared of being close to someone, you kind of put that barrier there yeah. to stop yourself from being from getting hurt. And I definitely feel like the older we get, the more those barriers just drop and drop and drop. And it feels like we're at a stage where there is no barrier anymore, kind of. You know what I mean? It feels like there's almost an acceptance. Yes. Um, and the fact that we can be comfortable around each other. And even though, obviously, we'll never forget what happened, 
or anything like that. Like, I, it feels like we're now definitely on a much stronger path of like the healing process, if that makes sense. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's taken me, I would say, from being somebody that really struggled to accept what happened, but I didn't make a big fuss. I would just almost go mute. I don't think I fully accepted and I don't think my mind fully accepted the fact that our dad had died until I was 28. So that is basically 20 years of being in a form of denial about a death, even though I was aware, I knew it happened. I didn't lie about it if someone asked. I'd always say my dad died, but it did take me 20 years to fully grieve because as a child, I just wasn't able to. Yeah, and I mean, that that is really tough i mean carrying that around for 20 years that's that i can't even i think that's something that we always carry but i think being that open about it now as well shows how just how traumatic i guess these experiences can be yes definitely so the last question i have for you today is knowing what we know now everything we've been through over the last 22 or so years if you could speak to you the day that you found out or that time in general that you found out that dad had passed what would you want your younger self to know about it all like what would you, what advice what would you think would help you the most i think i would want to tell my younger self that everything is going to work out and there's going to be some tough days ahead but i look you and i both are strong enough to get through this and there might be some days where it feels really difficult to just can't even get out of bed but you just got to keep keep your head up and make the most of what you've got don't don't let this ruin the future where there's in terms of don't i think i worded that wrong more in terms of i guess like don't let the past hold you back from enjoying and appreciating the future because i feel like when we cling on to these these things where obviously we i want to remember everything good about dad but if i stay in the fear of loss and the fear of that i it stops me from fully enjoying life and i think i would want to try and and I don't know how to, I would convey that to my a child version of myself, but I'd want to convey to them that even though they've been through something this difficult to deal with, there is still a life to enjoy. There is still happiness to be found. There is still, you still have family members around you who love you and will do everything for you and like make sure you are okay. And eventually you'll be doing the same for them as well. And you'll be, you'll be a proper family and that you, that you will enjoy your life still that this, this horrible thing isn't going to defeat it isn't going to stop you from having an amazing life and still to to remember dad and to live in a way that honors that memory i think is really important to i i i think that is something that stays with me a lot is i want to make dad proud of me and i want to live a life that when if heaven is real and he's waiting there when when it's my time that he can look back on my life and go yeah you did good like and i think that's something that i would like to tell myself I think that's so nice. And I do have to say that you're not going to get niceness like this from me often, but I think you are definitely on that right track. I think he would be really, really proud of you. Thank you. And you too as well. And you've got it recorded now. I'm not saying it again. There you go. That's right. I can just cut that bit out. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. No, thank you. It's been, uh, it's been a really, it's actually been a really nice conversation. So thank you. (laughs) 